two, one. When you have a real bad day on a Friday, there's always a chance of that big follow-through on Monday. It looked like that for a little bit, but the Bulls made a stand, and we had a decent day. We're looking up here a little bit today, but everyone cares about the two-day Fed meeting tomorrow. We'll discuss that. Got some ratings to discuss as well. Tim Seymour is going to join us later in the show, and we're going to talk to him about some cannabis stocks. There's been some rallies going on, and then we really haven't covered. It's Tuesday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Uh, thanks for joining us here on this Tuesday morning. We're in the green by just a tad, four and a quarter handles, 45.0575. Uh, tight 10-point range overnight. That buck, we've been talking about 105. It's pulling back. It's down 25 cents at 104.50. Bonds down a quarter of a point, hanging out near the low of the move, 118 and 19.30 seconds. Crude, like Berkshire Hathaway, goes up every day, up 83 cents at 91.41. Gold, silver, both up modestly. Silver really leading the way. That's up six tenths of percent. That's 14 pennies at 23.64. And Bitcoin backed off yesterday's high, but revisiting it today, and uh, that's up $420 at $27,305. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, did you fall asleep at your desk last night? Yes, 100%. So slow. So so slow. I was saying to another trader, I was like, this is one of the slowest nights that I have seen in a long time. I don't know why. There was just nothing going on. It was like no real news. And we do have a couple of headlines here today, which we're going to get to, but we're reaching a bet. I mean, it was a very slow, slow news night. I mean, it's the Fed, right? Everyone's waiting on the Fed Maybe. tomorrow. And no earnings, no big, no big shakeups. I mean, there's not there's a lot really... of catalysts right now. No, 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 no. Not a lot on the radar. The Fed, we kind of know what the Fed's even going to say. So I don't think it's going to be a big volatility spiker there either. So, I mean, VIX is sitting down here at 14, slightly elevated maybe from where we were just a couple of days ago, but. We're still, you know, overall just in this like slow period here right now. Consolidation, battle between the bulls and the bears. We've talked about all this stuff, but yeah, slow is the name of the game. Yeah, there's the VIX uh, hanging out here. I mean, it just it just will not pop. But all right, well, there, if there's news there, then we got to bring in Mitch. And Mitch, is, uh, can, God, this is going to be one of these days, Dennis, where we just go according to the plan. We're going to do – Mitch is going to start out. <laughs> and the show is going to be over. 
it's no, going to be over sure. at 823. It's going to be over at 823. Okay, yeah, and we're go. moving to four-day week, right? Um, but <laughs> let's get to the action. Uh, AutoZone here kicking it off. Q4 EPS, $46.46 versus $40.51 prior year. Sales of $5.69 billion. Beat the $5.61 billion estimate. AutoZone's fourth quarter domestic same store sales increasing here, 1.7%. Fourth quarter EPS increasing to $46.46. Annual sales at $17.5 billion. AutoZone. Getting a zone. AutoZone. AutoZone. It's just all odd lots. So you won't see any movement on your level one because it needs to have a real print. But it's actually offered down 40. I'm just bulb. 45 bucks it's offered down right now. It's offered really? $24.78 on Arca. Yeah, one share. And then there's one share offered at 2500 and one 100 shares offered up at 2503. Uh best bid is at 2457 on Arca. You'll see 2420 on your level 1 because they're looking for the the, the they're looking for the the regular lot there. They're not looking for the odd lots. So 2457, 25 shares, 2450, 52 shares. It is as thin as you get. I'll, I'll just go with uh, another one of my brilliant statements. I'll I'll watch unchanged uh, resistance at twenty five twenty two. If they don't like the report, it's already offered forty five dollars. Maybe uh, some. I do see a cut, three out of four lows at twenty four fifty, but you under undercut it one day. But I mean, I would just say overall, I mean, best in breed here, right? I mean, compared to these other uh, auto suppliers. Um, it's been the one that's been holding up the best. We'll look at AAP continues to go lower. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I don't think that chart looks as well. Oh, no, that one looks good too. Man, they got to. St- I said this before. They got to steal someone from one of these two companies. Yeah, AAP is just like, I think yeah. the ratings on the wall here. Like, this company could have problems. I mean, I don't know why, but, you know, it's the right aid of the auto parts industry. There's the three, you know, right aid, Walgreens, and CVS. And then, there's the three, Vance Auto Parts, O'Reilly, and AutoZone. Ooh. And I mean, AAP is just out. So this just doesn't look like it's coming back anytime soon. It continues like to go lower. It continues to be a value trap. And I don't even know if AAP made money last quarter. I mean, they were struggling there too. Let's go look at the AAP earnings from last quarter. Just curiosity killed the cat here. Uh, Buck no, yeah, Big misses. Oh Big, my lord, look at those misses. Funny, but these earnings are coming down. Looking at estimates, and they're seeing cool. six bucks. Still seeing some money in there, but man, that's been a value trap too. Like the foot locker. Certain retailers just hated. That's one of them. I don't buy hated re- retailers. You lose a lot of money buying hated retailers. Next. Kick into United States Steel Corporation provides third quarter guidance update here. Adjusted net earnings per diluted share guidance of $1.10 to $1.15 versus a $1.01 estimate. Of course, everyone was keeping their eyes on United Steel for potential acquisitions and being mentioned with rumors. What do you guys think about it now on U.S. Steel? I still think it's in play. I think mm-hmm. the technicals go away when a stock's in play. There's a reason the stock is not selling off, and it's because everybody thinks a deal is imminent. Has not given back anything. That's impressive. After a month of basically silence after the rumors started, doesn't give any of it back. So that's telling me that there's something cooking here. 
I think we just haven't, we're just got to wait for an official announcement here. But the risk herbs think that there is a deal imminent. They're pricing it like there is a deal imminent. I'm not going to fight that. Yeah, I mentioned the opposite uh, side of the coin. Yeah, uh, I think I believe it was last week, and you quickly pointed that out. That was an excellent call. They, they're paying attention to the good guidance here. They ignored the bad news, right? I can't remember what the bad news was new, earlier. New core, new lower core. guidance, and yeah. X didn't sell off any on that. And then excellent. you can see them coming and defending themselves and saying, "Hey, new core might be doing bad, but we're doing good." And they come out with their guidance out of the blue here to say, "Hey." No, we're doing okay here at U.S. Steel. Yep, exactly. Now, I don't know what the impact of the auto strikes are going to be on this. And, well, really, no no one knows what the impact of that's going to be on everything. What, in day three now or day three or four? So I did see that they were closing a blast furnace somewhere but uh that's not bothering to start today up 52 cents uh just the highest it's traded and this is always interesting on the day of the announcement is when it reached its highest level so the risk herbs are thinking man might not be much over 32 bucks i believe it traded uh 32 and a quarter uh but Revisited that area. It seems like anything over 32, the risk carbs are taking a little bit off. So are you ready, guys? Because we're going to see if we can really get Intel maybe moving this week. Um, it's already been lifting, already getting off the ground, but really looking to see what happens in the event today. Stream the best of Intel's innovation live from San Jose directly to you guys today as Intel's innovation event kicks off. September 19th and 20, topics such as AI, advanced technology, edge to cloud, and next generation systems and platforms will be included. Of course, you guys can catch this on Intel's website. Uh, so definitely check it out today. You guys ready to see maybe if Intel can kick off? Are you still long Intel? And I already took my profits. Um, you know how we do it, Dennis. We take profits too early and we let stocks <laughs> rip to the moon. That's what we do. <laughs> me, me and Mitch like to take the first bite. It's usually the best bite, it seems yeah. like. Anyways, taste the best. And then we let somebody else eat all the meat. So that's how, how we happens. do it. So Yeah, I know. I haven't been able to break We're nibblers. Either, so. nibblers. It works out, though. We're nibblers. Yeah, we're nibblers. Uh, it's getting a pop back up. Obviously, this event, sometimes these are selling opportunities more than buying opportunities. We saw what happened with the Apple event. There has been a slight run-up into the event. That that actually continues here today. So if you're along Intel overnight, congratulations. up 1.13% here, which is a full percent ahead of what most of the other stocks are doing. And that is because of the event. So, again, money to be made by me things ahead of the events ahead of the after event, the yeah. events is usually not as much money to be made the only technical note that i'm going to add here is you have a pair of highs right where we are right now 3852 3839 so boom you bust through there that's only a pair of highs it looks like you have a I mean, you got other offers in there, but first things first, got to get through that uh, 3850 area that's held up two days in a row. 11.30 a.m. Eastern time is the scheduled starting time for that Intel event. So keep your eyes out to see what happens from Intel today. But let's move to Instacart IPO as they're uh, priced. It looks like at $30 a share on Monday evening, valuing the grocery delivery company at roughly $10 billion. The company is set to debut Tuesday on NASDAQ under the cart ticker symbol good ticker 
Um, good ticker. Good ticker. Yeah. We um, never did do that ticker show. Yeah, we, we got to do a ticker show. We got to do gotta, that. The best tickers. Just the best tickers. The Kurt best would, tickers would get on, on Wall Street. Here. I like that. Yeah. I like that, Dennis. We yeah. got to do a best show. Best tickers on Wall Street. You know, like... <laughs> Like what? What are what are some of the good ones here again? You know, like obviously this current one's pretty good. And they're pretty creative. The newer IPOs seem to always be pretty creative. Well, a cart is not really. I mean, it's pretty someone good. Did, but Instant someone cart, didn't stay cart. up. They didn't. Well, they stay, got it though. They so they it's didn't a good stay one. up all night. Thank what other ones? What are, bros mean. is good. Bros a good one. We love the bros. The bros. Do you even bro? Like come yeah, on here, Chad. Give us your best tickers out there. Give us the best ones. The ones you like the best. The most creative ticker symbols out there. We're gonna do a full like thirty minutes segment coming up. Chris, Chris was a good tickers. one. D nut. D nut. Donut. We love Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts. Time to make the Twinkies. Donuts. The Twinkies. Oh, that's Krispy Kreme. Shoot. Donuts Krispy Kreme. The, the the Twinkies. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> play is a good one. I like play, Dave and Busters. That's always a fun one. Fun. Play. Fun. Yeah. Fun's a good one. Cedar Point. Yeah. Cedar Point. Pretty fun. That's a good one, too, there, Joel. We'll give you that one. Wolf. 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 It, 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 yeah. I mean, unless you don't like roller coasters, then fun, it could, it could be puke. P-U-K-E. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that one. Pizza's a good one. <laughs> Papa John's, yes. P Zebra Zebra A. That's a good one too. So that's gonna be a fun show. Car. Car is a great one. Avis Budget's got that car one. That's a good one too. Yeah. Hog. Oh, they're coming, man. They're coming out here now. They're waking up. This chat is right with it here. Hey, now. you know they'll wake up. You know our chat yeah. isn't sleeping. Um, I did want to say one thing though. And and this is all about timing a lot of the times for IPO, right? And so I wanted to just show this here, guys. Um, did, did they just pick the wrong year to IPO? I mean, look at the spike in Google trend interest in 2020. Oh, you needed to IPO in 2020. Oh, Come on, did. Instacart. Like, look at that spike compared to how ago. it is now. I mean, not, not – Oh, I don't no, think it's true. It's that was not when the, the same, SPACs right? were the thing. Remember we the SPACs? You had the SPACs oh attack God. show, and it was awesome. And we had these SPACs going and these SPACs going and everything. Those were the days, man. 2020 was just like <laughs> buy a stock and make money. Portnoy, percent the baby. dartboard. This is how you pick your stocks. You throw all the letters up at the dartboard, and you throw three darts, and you put the letters together, and you buy a stock, and you make money. That's how it's done. You yep. knew we were in a bubble when it goes down, <laughs> you buy it and you make money. That's it. I think, I think he, I think he started out. He, I think he tried to short some things, and then I think he was like, "Oh man!" He realized you know, he just buys stocks. Yeah, just yeah, he up. just this uh, is the easiest thing ever. Yeah, Jay, that little hammer to Cassie. And when it goes, I remember that couple that was on uh, Twitter too, and their video on how to you know trade the <laughs> yep. stock market. Yeah, you just buy the stocks, and then it goes up, and then you sell the stocks. And I pay all my bills, and I quit my job just doing this. <laughs> yes, that's those, those those days, man. That was pretty good. I did good in 2022. Typically, I don't do good in those markets when it's all separated from, like, logic. But I was the same thing. It was, was volatile, like, yeah, Dennis. It was volatile. It was volatile. It wasn't even volatile. It was just straight up for the most part. It was like well, volatile. I'm talk- too. I mean, it was straight down. There was some opportunities it. from a relationship there, basis. There was. It was straight 2020 down. was good. 2021 was pretty good too, though. It was this straight up and then slow. straight this down. This year is terrible. I know. Slow. This, AI this was supposed to be. save us, though, man. AI. Slow, man. AI. AI. Isn't it supposed to save us? 
Well, yeah, well same, right? it's tried, and there's still it's still out there. Nvidia bounced yesterday, but bring us to the next topic here, Mitch. Where are you? I just want to say, uh, uh, Jay made a, a comment that um, the second round, and I, I have no confirmation of this. The second round of private equity in this is down a hundred percent. I like I don't follow mm. private equity tra- uh, uh, trends. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. Oh, I, he, no well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if that. Whew, if that's the truth, I mean, how let's do, you do a, a quick question here. Quick poll. What would you guys rather have arm or Instacart? Right. Arms already out. But I mean, just what would you what would you rather have now that well, you've the arm valuation arm a little is bit too much? I didn't do any of the I didn't do any of the metrics on Kurt. I never even looked at what the valuation is. Like, what is it like going at? Do, do they make money? One, do they make money? Roughly ten billion dollars is what I have the valuation at, but I gotta see how that would be. I don't know if they make earnings. money. That's what I want to know is do they actually make money? Does Pro have this in there? Yeah, Pro's pretty quick. Maybe Pro's. Got do you use uh, Do you use any kind of? Uh, do you go to the? Are you, are you at the store or are you doing uh, the delivery thing? On yeah, do you, do you do you get? No, do you, just at all. I don't know. Do they have Instagram? No, I go to the store. I'm old school, Joel. Yeah. The only thing that delivers here is Amazon. My wife just lives on Amazon, so she she's the um, master of Amazon. I, I keep Amazon. That's why I bought her shares because I'm like, you might as well just be paying yourself. So because yeah, here's a Forbes article that says Instacart revenue grew 39 percent year over year in 2022, while its net operating profit after tax improved from negative 15 million in 2021 to positive 123 million in 2022. Oh, making some money. But so how much money did they make? Money. How much did they make? Make say it again. One hundred and twenty-three million. One hundred twenty-three million divided by ten billion. So ten, yeah, that PE doesn't sound that. Or ten billion divided by yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound that, that good. Doesn't sound that cheap. Ten billion divided by one hundred twenty-three million. Yeah, maybe sounds if it was like cut in things. half, like at five billion. Yeah, sounds a little bit expensive, but. You, you want five hundred ninety-six million is what Red Bull's saying the next month. I don't have the metrics in front of me, so we're all just throwing it out there, trying to Google and figure it out. We'll have to come back to you on that. New stock, right? Doesn't sound cheap. Uh, just a, some pros and cons here of the uh, of the shopping, having people do your shopping. Uh, I'll give you a Lisa Lisa Pro. If she doesn't send me to the store. And I don't go to the store, then I don't get all these, un, you know, she doesn't end up with these all, all these unwanted items, right? Because, you know, she get, I see, oh, I'm gonna, I haven't had that in a while. I grabbed that. Oh, the you're an impulse shopper. Yeah, you're well, you see, shopper. oh, I haven't had that in a while. And then the con is, because uh, we use, we use Meyer, we use everything. We use Myers, we use Kroger's. So she, uh, she's been using Myers for a long time. And so she put, you know, she ordered some bananas, right? And every time they've given her, you know, like a bunch of bananas. So this time she they, she, she put banana and they gave her one banana. <laughs> Just one banana. You get yeah. one banana when you say banana. Well, Make sure you put plurals. <laughs> Let, yeah, let's see I if you guys get your bananas today. Let's get it here, guys. Let's keep going. Ratings, bananas, upgrades, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. and downgrades. Uh, True Securities upgrading Royal Caribbean to buy. And raising mm. price target to $137. And just to kind of bring another mm. information in here, Reuters were reporting earlier that China's transport ministry said that it's fully resuming from Tuesday's international cruise ship transport to and from ports in the country. So that could help kind of increase some revenue out there for these cruise lines. 
It's my big loser of the day. I'm short Royal Caribbean and not happy to see that it got upgraded here today. So I will be taking a loss here somewhere at the open, hoping it can come in a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a pop. Are we above yesterday's high? We are. I'd look for, I mean, if I was long this, not short it, but 99.44 is your two-day high. That's but, still two bucks away. That's a juicy target. Um, more interesting on a technical basis is Carnival Cruise Lines. Look at all that support at 15. Rallied into earnings, sold off into earnings. Looks like the big boys are stepping what? up at 15. Why don't these charts look like the airlines is my question. I'm bearish the cruise lines hmm. because I've seen the airlines just basically give back the entire June rally. Yet the cruise lines are holding on to a lot of it. I have an idea of what it could be. I think that think? what it is here is a lot of times is I think cruise lines are booked further in advance than you're seeing airlines being booked in advance. Yeah, um, so people kind of have a tendency of waiting to see if airline tickets come down in pricing, but cruise tickets very rarely go down in pricing as you get closer to the date. Maybe like the last couple of weeks, they, you know, they send them out to these like travel agents to try to get the, the remaining uh, kind of booked. But I think that that's what's playing in here. And we what what did we hear about from these companies that they had pretty good bookings all the way throughout 23? Uh, I think I agree with that. Um, the one consideration here is as much as fuel prices is punishing the airlines, fuel prices has to be punishing the cruise lines too in a similar fashion. I mean, maybe hmm. they don't use quite as much fuel. I don't know, like relative speaking, but those pushing that, you know, 1100, but, oh. you know, <laughs> cruise line through the ocean, I got to think they use some fuel, man. So I got to think that eventually fuel prices are going to show up here too as uh, as an issue. If anybody knows, maybe percentage-wise, how much fuel... Uh, airlines probably use more, but I got to think fuel prices is an issue here too. I also think the consumer is going to be strapped coming up here. So to your point, they've booked these cruises maybe in advance they're going to go, but I think forward demand is going to come off here as well. I don't like the cruise lines at all, but... To that point, as I am short RCL, and I will be covering it here sometime today because it's upgraded. And it was a short-term day trade, so I have to cover. What okay. do you think about the technicals on these charts? Uh, I know, like, RCL, of course. It's I mean, it, I, I, I think I agree. I agree. I, yeah, I mean, it's been hanging up here. Dennis posed a, a, a great question here. Why these things aren't aren't pulling back? And I think he the gave you know, yeah, a, a great answer. Good support. And 95, I mean, is this the time to upgrade the stock? I, I don't know. I think, they're, I think they're on the wrong side. 60 but... to 110? I mean, I, where's your risk reward? I mean, if, if I was going off their upgrade, I'd be like, okay, if this thing breaks 95, I'm out. I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it technically. I wouldn't, I, I'm, not, I'm not following them on this one. Again, I will be, just full disclosure, I yeah. will be covering the stake that's in the day trading portfolio. And I normally go cash at 10 a.m. So this was an overnight trade that's gone bad. And also just to mention, right, the chat's bringing up a good conversation is that some of these ships are using natural gas to power the the, the ship okay. versus using oil. Um, that might be a good adjustment. You would have brought that up like two years ago. Someone would have been like, what? But now it seems yeah. like a good move to be switching over to natural gas. So we'll see what happens with the cruise industry. Let's keep moving. We got more 
upgrades and downgrades, Evercore ISI group downgrading Deer and putting it to inline, lowering the price target to 424. Just recently, I was looking for Deer to pull back to 400. Gave me up plenty of opportunities last week to grab it at 400. Can it get back to 420? That's what I'm looking at. I tweeted this last night when it was started trading down. You could see it. And then somebody's asked me, you know, why is trading down? I was like, well, I don't see it out there. But I'm like, I can just tell by the trading. <laughs> you know, you trade a lot when you look at the tape. And I'm like, this is trading like it's downgraded. I can just feel that it looks like it's downgraded. So, and that's exactly what it was. We see it this morning whenever Core came out. So, um, I'm sure somebody had the rating last night. Like, I mean, they, these release at different times. So anybody who is an Evercore customer probably knew that. So, but it wasn't widely spread until this morning when it came out. Um, again, dear. Yeah, it, it not really, though, when you think about percentages here, though, Joel. So a mm-hmm. downgrade out of the blue on deer is probably worth a couple of a percent. So, I mean, you see a $7 move, you're like, whoa, it's a big move, but it's a $400 stock. I mean, RCL mm-hmm. is up 1.7% going the other way because of an upgrade. So, I mean, they're worth one and a half to two percent, typically the ratings. So, I'm not surprised. Like, that's why last night it was down 409, 408. And I'm like, this is to get an offer too much. Somebody, this looks like it's downgraded. And indeed it was. Uh, Mitch gave you a good number, uh, just under 400. You had a pair of lows, uh, 9930, 99.68. That's another three bucks. So, if you're short, you get a gift here uh, with the downgrade, and uh, there's uh, potential support just under 400. Coming back on the upside, when you get these kind of moves, you start out so far in the red. First thing you want to see is the top of the previous day or the bottom of the previous day's range at 751. And if they're really going to shrug this off, which I don't think they will, the closing price from yesterday was 410.84. Just to kind of mention, I've been really keeping an eye on the cat, the hat. Of course, uh, you guys can take a look at it here at those at these levels. It's kind of just sideways here. What do you see there yeah. on that chart, Joel? Yeah, I think I that know, one's that's... at least holding in there a lot better. A lot better. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. It is. Um, it's three high. Wow. Well, so what's going on at 283, Dennis? I don't know if you have your book open, but there's someone wiggling out of stock here. Uh, two out, three out of the last four highs are uh, just uh, surrounding that 283 area. So that's major resistance. On the downside, uh, the only identifiable lo- good level of support is your two and three day lows is 77.50, but uh, not moving much off the deer downgrade. No, I, and again, you don't you typically see sympathy moves with downgrades. So because that's obviously company specific, and I don't believe Cat was mentioned in the notes. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's hanging up here. Valuation on both these stocks has been reasonable. It's just a matter of people concerned, obviously, that the economy might slow down, and then Caterpillar and Deer are very cyclical businesses. Daiwa Capital upgrading Dell Technologies to outperform and raising price target to eighty dollars. Oh. This has already been on a massive bandwagon run. jumpers. Can Dell get to eighty? <laughs> Jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, we had the big move up here, consolidation station for a few days, and they're like, "Well, let's get this party and continue this party going." It could kickstart it. You got major resistance overhead supply here from everybody who's bought this last four or five days: seventy-two, seventy-one, seventy. Got to get up over there to really be interesting. Um, I don't love the fact that Warren's dumping Hewlett-Packard, too. Like, obviously, dumped some shares. Not that Dallas Hewlett-Packard, but they're damn close to the same businesses here. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not chasing this upgrade here today. 
Remember I said Micron uh, yesterday at 72. I just thought that was a huge level. Never got there during the regular session. Only got to 70, 97. Kind of a waffling market. Well, uh, going here with Dell, huh, 71. I know it's a buck 10 away. I know it's uh, it's an upgrade. You got a decent market. Uh, but uh, after you made that high of the move, which was a new all-time high, Triple top at 71, let's call it 71.15. So that's the only good, you know, identifiable resist. I know you gave the other, the high of the move is above that. But for me right now, 71 bucks, big number. We're just not in this market, not only to chase upgrades, but don't chase downgrades either. Because I think we're just in this choppy environment where we're not going straight up. We're not going straight down. We're going sideways. And if you're chasing upgrades, you're probably on the wrong side. Chasing downgrades, you might be on the wrong side. So chasing momentum, you know, go to Tim Tim's filter there from yesterday. I mean, zero stocks and momentum filter. If anything's telling you to stay away from crazy? momentum strategies, zero stocks, that thing. He said it was like that back in March too. But I mean, you've got to respect that. We are in a, cons we're in a consolidation period right now. And we're in a contrarian market where it's contrarian strategies, where you're fading moves is making money a hell of a lot more than these breakouts. The breakouts are becoming fake outs. The breakdowns are fake downs. We're just kind of meandering a lot here. Some stocks going down, you can always find pockets of weakness and pockets of strength. But it's really sideways for the win. I know it's JC Peratz. Shout out to JC. He was saying the same thing a couple days ago. It's sideways. This market is trending sideways right now. That's what I see too. How do you trade sideways market? You fade everything. You know what? I was going to ask Tim, and we went into the ticker time. I wonder how it, you know, it could be used as a contrarian indicator, right? That there's nothing in there, so that means that no one's interested in the momo. You know, uh, always looking at things from the uh, uh, from the contrarian side. Because if you think about it, if there was done there during that banking crisis, well, you know, uh, for some stocks, that turned out to be a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, the only thing I'd point to that, Joel, is uh, the disaster of I saw ARKK yesterday. It didn't look great at all. Um, if anything, it looked like it was coming right did, back down. Did so. you listen to her interview on CNBC? And now we haven't had, <laughs> we haven't picked on Kathy in a long time. So oh, maybe it's uh, we got to, we got she's to. She's I mean, just on there and she's talking about Tesla and her price target for Tesla is $2,000. Um, she thinks it's going to have a $5 trillion <laughs> market cap. I just think like she's trying and, and the funny thing is she's saying all this stuff like she's saying she, it's Kathy Wood who in, in the in the year 2000 she bought a stock and went up 20 percent you know like it showed up you know it was crazy how much influence she was the most influential person probably of 2020 yeah. and now we're in 2023 she goes on CNBC and starts talking about Tesla going to two thousand dollars a share and it was a five minute segment she kept saying five trillion an autonomous taxi and all that and you want to know how much the stock moved on all of that talk a zero there wasn't any buyers at all That's i don't believe her she's completely lost all of her relevance she has no influence whatsoever i've never seen a fall from grace as quickly as kathy would where I 2020 mean... she was maybe the most influential person on wall street to zero influence last night zero because she couldn't have talked Tesla up more, and Tesla couldn't have cared less the stock. Yeah, so you know what I would like to see? That she has lost that much relevance. Dennis, I would love to see the numbers of that newsletter. Remember how many people were subscribed to that oh, newsletter? Oh, everybody. I on was the subscribed, buys? too. Yeah, we used to have it. We used to go yeah, over that every day. Yeah, 
every day. If she now, bought something, it popped twenty percent. It was a new buy, it would pop twenty percent the stock. It was unbelievable. So you're like, yeah. what buys? I was trying to figure them out. I literally had a spreadsheet, and I was because it would drop the new holdings, and then I'd compare. You know, I had the spreadsheet and comparing it up there. <laughs> I'm like, this is a new buy. You know, and everybody's trying to do it, like figure it out because she doesn't announce, oh, I bought this. It just shows up on her new holdings. So we're trying to figure out what's the new buy and what's the new sell because then you're trying to figure out faster than the next guy. So, I mean, it was it was crazy, the Kathy trades. I It was actually kind of fun. But now there is no Kathy trade anymore. She buys something, nobody cares. Moving on to new up uh, downgrade here. And I wonder what you think about this one because you mentioned maybe not chasing downgrades, but maybe consumer facing downgrades here not looking the best Ooh. jp morgan stepping up here downgrading planet fitness to neutral and lowering price target to 52 dollars. if anything i think 52 is even high from here i would have put that down to like maybe 30s man, mm, man. there's a fall from grace <laughs> here too i mean wow 65th 40 free fallen like tom petty song this is the oh tom there you petty go nice one here man this is the Tom Petty chart. May he rest in peace. But man, this planet shareholders, they aren't resting in any peace here right now. They're just throwing up because, wow, this stock chart looks awful. New 52-week low. we got to go up further than that. We're back down. Yeah, way lows. down. When the gyms were all, well, we're not at the COVID lows, but we're getting into that area where we're starting to trend down towards where we were in early 2020 when the gyms were all closed. Wow. Not a nice oh, man. Chart nothing here and it just it mm. makes it makes me sad bringing this stock up because uh my last day of outside swimming was on sunday and uh now i gotta go back to the gym and uh swim outside actually it was only 55 degrees out when i swam on sunday Ooh, cold. I, I, I yeah it was it was a little chilly but the water was warm i don't know what to do with this one i mean if you if you're you know if you're day trading it uh and you're long, you came in long it. We'll see what happens. It, if it could get scratch on the session, uh, that would be 48.50. Fill the gaps only 50 cents away. I got nothing on the monthlies for you, really. Uh, the next monthly low is uh, 45.87, and that was back in 2020. Don't think we're going to see that today. 45.87. Just a quick conversation there. I wanted to add to it, consumer facing like companies, right? And take a look at Best Buy's chart. Take a look at Macy's chart. Oh, Macy's you know, those type of things. single digits. Yeah. And, and it doesn't look like it's going to turn around anytime hook. soon. This is the consumer, I think, showing Ooh. up that it's finally slowing down. Yeah. I think we can finally say it yeah. that yes, the consumer is slowing down. Yeah. The, the, the market thinks so. I mean, it's such a good point. Remember Kohl's, everybody pumping Kohl's. We set it up at 2627. I'm like, I'm thinking <laughs> this is going to be another selling opportunity because it's Kohl's it not be another turning Sears. this story around. Boom, 28, I think so. 28, 21, JWN, we know they've closed all the stores in Canada now, I believe. I mean, there's just, when your stores are closing, it's not a sign to buy. It's like, oh yeah, let's get rid of, you know, or no, we don't like those Canadians anyways, maybe. But no, not the case. When you're closing stores, it equals problems. Nordstrom yeah. from 23 to 14. Isn't but oh he was was he ever confirmed to be in here, buddy from Chewy Ryan Cohen? Was he ever confirmed to be in Nordstrom? Remember there was rumors he had bought it. I don't think it ever got I don't think oh it ever got confirmed Lord, if he that, bought man. it or not. That's remember an interesting pop from like twenty Dennis. to 30 I don't remember, but because yeah. Ryan Cohen had it was bought the, the stock. Short ever. 
That's the stupidest bounce ever. It popped from like it popped like fifty percent because it was a rumor that it. Ryan yep. Cohen had bought the stock. That's got to be the dumbest spike maybe in the history of stocks. But up 50 percent on that. Everybody that bought that deserves to lose all their money. Sorry. Any outlook uh, on these charts, Joel, before we move on? But I just uh, think it's I really mean, interesting seeing the consumer really slow down now. I, th- I think Dennis needs to take his uh, hand off the sell button here because we, uh, <laughs> we, we just it all away, Joel. Yeah, uh, this is going to be, uh, oh, man, a, a day ahead of the Fed. We just went. Uh, just what we went need right to do here. is just buy Berkshire Hathaway and that's it. Because it just goes up every day. It's up another buck and a half because who cares? <laughs> it's Warren, man. It just goes up. It's just Warren, up. man. It's just Warren. Goes up. I've been doing it too. I've been doing it too. I've been buying Burke overnight because it goes up every day. I'm like, I don't know. They sell in the morning. I'm like, it's the well, stupidest thing ever. It used hold- to trade with stocks, but it doesn't even trade with stocks anymore. It just tr- goes up. I'm like, you don't even have to hedge it. Just goes up. Now, again, now that I said that the trade will end. Remember, I'm being a little sarcastic here with stocks don't always just go up forever but what the hell man how is it always up s&ps go down berkshire goes up i've been tweeting it for like two weeks apple goes down berkshire goes up it doesn't matter it just goes up apple goes down apple goes down i don't care it's 48 percent of their stock holdings which is like 25 percent of the Mm -hmm. overall berkshire because half the stuff's private um you know it's like coke goes down coke had a bad day the other day berkshire's up doesn't matter. Apple's <laughs> doesn't down. Matter, doesn't matter, man. Doesn't matter. Look at that. I have Coke no chart. idea why it is completely disconnected from the stock market now. You'd think like, oh, the stock market's having a bad day. Well, it's maybe some of your private, but people will say, oh, well, they have private companies. We don't think those <laughs> insurance companies, these public insurance companies are going down. You don't think their private insurance companies should be worth less on that day? Logic would say they probably are, but that's no logic in Berkshire Hathaway no. anymore. The stock just goes up every single day. It's It's, it's gone just to ridiculousness where it just goes up i don't get it disaster stock of the day rocket labs rklb rocket Labs sliding after the launch failure leads to the loss of payload and this i don't even know what this company does they they send up rockets they send up rockets literally like yeah oh boy and and they've they've struggled massively throughout this whole journey I've been seeing them struggle plenty of their, this was one of the rockets that bounced kind of like it went up and then came to the left and then went up. Like there's a lot of problems in rocket. They're not, they're not Elon Musk. Yeah. They're not Elon Musk. This is not SpaceX. I would agree with that right off the front. They've been struggling with these and now to lose a payload on one of these rockets, that's going to definitely hit them hard. Of course, a a SPAC. So that's what I was just going to say. It's back. I mean, wow, the pop to eight bucks. Uh, if you're trading this, uh, either wanting to cover short or initiate a long, uh, you did dip under four bucks to 360. But based on the fact that you're already 40 cents above that level, I don't think you see it in a regular session, but who knows? That's potential support. And then uh, where's all these lows, all these daily lows? They're in that area too. So there's your potential support. If you're going to play this for a gap fill, you got to get up to 502. 2.2 million shares have traded here. So people are taking note okay. of this uh, of look, this thing going down. Look at the chart of SPCE. And then look <laughs> at the chart of RKLB. Because eventually it's going to look like SPCE. 
That's my opinion. I know nothing about this company. I didn't know what they did two minutes ago. But if you're trying to fight Elon Musk and SpaceX launching rockets, that sounds like a money-losing adventure because nobody's going to do it better than Musk. I'm not going to try to compete with Musk. I'm not going to buy this stock because then I'm directly competing with Musk. And you think about how long, you know, SpaceX suffered. You remember he was, you did watch the documentary. He's on his last rocket, borrowing money from all the money he made from PayPal, trying to launch that. And it was like, it was it. Like, this is like, they were going to be bankrupt at this, you know, this doesn't, you know, launch here. And, and they did it, you know, and now they're one of the best at it. I mean, SpaceX is an unbelievable company. Musk, again, you know, showing, I don't want to buy Rocket Lab and compete with Musk. Sorry. Mitch, what was that other stock you used to mention in this group? I thought it was M. Was it MAXR or a satellite company? Yeah, MaxR, MaxR, but it went off the table. Um, the comparable companies bought? would be Planet. Uh, it went private. I went private. Um, and then um, another company would be Black Sky, BXSY, I think. Okay. All right. I just and I they're 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 not doing great. Um, space companies are not doing great, but I mean. One of the things that could have told us this right off the top, and I mean, I'll I'll show you guys this. So a lot of people are like, you know, questioning if Rocket Labs really had some struggles. Just look at this, guys. This was in like 2021, and they were already having their rockets blow up. And and I think that, you know, situations like this can tell you something, right? I mean, when when (laughs) one of their rockets does this and kind of just kind of has, you know, like an explosion kind of reaction, things like this are not what you want to be seeing, right? Satellites no. lost, things like this. They've already lost payloads before. And so things like this is what I immediately look at when I'm looking into these uh, space companies. And what you want to see is big contracts. Um, so that's what I used to look at in Maxar, the government contracts. That's what yeah. I was watching. I'd watch when government contracts were due to repeat and look for more companies. That's why I started liking Black Sky and Planet Labs because what did they say? They were gonna move from only Maxar to trying to go to three competitors to trying to get the best technology. Things like this is how you get- It's just tough to compete with SpaceX here. I'm just gonna go back to like, why do I wanna, you've seen what's happened to General Motors and Ford, you know, when you compete with Musk and and honestly, like NASA's with SpaceX, I mean, you're trying to be the next SpaceX, but it's just tough to do. All right, we'll keep moving forward. We get out of Rocket Labs. Let's get to here more UAW talk as uh, it looks like they were put out there that if there's no progress made by Friday, that more strikes would happen at factories. And then Ford is in jeopardy here as Canadian workers are now threatening to join the strike. So what do you guys think about this UAW situation as now expands to even canadian workers i think they're gonna dig in here and i think this could be a lot longer than what a lot of people are predicting i don't think it's imminently gonna settle i think the car companies know that they're at the peak of their cycle too which they gotta know that i mean we can tell it you know they gotta know like we're there are peak sales gm for this the cycle the economy we can see the other stocks you know starting to go down those big ticket gm ford cars it's so expensive already um, are probably going to, you know, the sales are going to drop a little bit here. So you're at peak sales. So they can see, keep saying they made all this money. Well, they did, but are they going to be making that much money going forward? And I mean, if you do raise these labor costs substantially, and maybe, you know, they only got the 4% raise over the last four years or 6% they were talking about. But again, you know, they make a lot of money, 66 bucks an hour is more than the majority of the population makes. So there is a risk. 
you know, that, you know, this doesn't settle as quick as a lot of people think it is. And that obviously is not good for anyone. So I don't know. I hope they can settle it out, but I'm skeptical this is going to get settled easily. Yeah, something, I mean, they Stellantis has been holding up the best and has had the best chart here since uh, mid-2022. Um, so that, if if you're looking at these things, and we've talked repeatedly about GM having great earnings. I, I t- brought up the graphic yesterday. Uh, never rewarded for that. Um, Ford has always traded at a low valuation. People got ahead of this trade a long time ago. I know, Mitch, you've been talking about it for a while, but uh, it looks like they're digging in, and, you know, we'll just mm-hmm. have to see what the implications are for, you know, the trickle effect, you know, for um, uh, for other uh, industry or you know, things related. We talked about Magna, uh, you know, the big suppliers. We talked about Borg Warner. So, uh, longer- and those stocks are not down that far here yet. Those stocks start getting hit. The longer this goes, the risk of those stocks getting hit. Because as much as GM and Ford have a lot of this maybe priced in, I don't know if it's all priced in. I don't think the fall in sales is priced in, which is why I'm not long those stocks. But I do think some of these auto parts suppliers, to your point here, Joel, could have you know some mm. pain ahead here. I mean, Magna, you know, that looks like you know on the charts it's not bad, but there's a little head and shoulders here happening here. But I just feel like. You know, I feel like this could go back down to 50. I feel like Borg Warner could go back down and start making new lows again. The trend, definitely not your friend on BWA. Is there room down to 33, 34? If this state strike goes on for a while, there is. So, you know, again, you know, you got to listen to talks. It's going to be hope, and then it's going to rally on hope, and then there's going to be hope's going to get dashed. Maybe they get a deal done. Maybe get done sooner than later. But then you got the problem of the economy on top of it all. So, not a fan. The um the owner uh the primary uh, guy in Magna uh, International uh, Frank Stronach also mm-hmm. owns uh, Churchill Downs. Did you know that? No, Back I did to, not. Yeah, yeah, Frank Stronach. Yeah, and uh, personally, um, he shut my favorite track down in Detroit several years ago. So, oh, so you're not of, happy with him? It, Wolverine Raceway was that the great name of a track or what? Yep. Yep, bought it because he thought, uh, uh, you know, gambling was going to come to the tracks and gambling got passed to the casino bill and they left the tracks out of it. And he said, see ya. And uh, now there's there's really only one track in the area. It's kind of sad, but I know even Windsor Raceway is closed. Yeah, uh, it did. eh? A long time ago. Hey, guys, I just want to. Just want to do a little correction here, um, and thanks in the chat, Spiel. Spiel kind of corrected me right off the top, and I did a little facts checking there for us. Okay. okay. Astro Rocket was the one that bounced, but oh. Rocket Lab has also has rockets that have failed. Um, so that 21 video, that's when I showed you that one. That one failed. Astro also hoo. failed. So I would point to more of what Dennis said, right? Not SpaceX, but oh correction. None of these companies you, are SpaceX. And I think always, people are investing. We'll I think there's people investing in these companies because SpaceX is not public and it's difficult to obviously go and get money into SpaceX and they want to be in the industry and they want to be there. And it's a public way to try to invest in, in rocket technology. And, you know, and, 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 and that's, you know, I think there's a future for rocket technology, but I think Tesla is so far ahead. Tesla, Elon Musk and SpaceX is so far ahead here that it's going to be hard to catch up. I mean, you Look think about that. how NASA was so far ahead. Now NASA works with SpaceX and SpaceX launches all. I mean, you know, they're working with government contracts. Elon Musk just has, as much as Elon Musk, you know, has killed it with Tesla, 
He's killed it with SpaceX too. Those two companies is just killing it, man. And he's going to kill any competition that's there. Let's go to Square as the CEO of Square is set to depart the company according to Ooh. regulatory filings released on Monday. And this company has been struggling, struggling. I'm staying away from these as it just doesn't look like they're coming back. Mm, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, if you're waiting to buy this at 50 bucks, that's where it bottomed in uh, two, two times at the end of 2023, hit there last month, traded underneath the pre-market. I mean, I don't know. Dorsey's taking over now? Is that what? Uh, yeah, he's still there, so he's going to step into that role temporarily wow, here. I don't know. The stock is an epic disaster. I mean, we are back down. We are not far on square like you think about you know where we were 2020 we got down to 32 dollars we're not far from the covid lows here and that is unfathomable when you think about a stock that went from 32 dollars almost 300 dollars as 900 percent gives it all back in two years gives the whole thing back i've tried to play square a couple times and actually i've done pretty well on it from a swing trading perspective, I had it in there a couple of times. I had bought it at 90, flipped it out, I think at like 110, picked it up again. And we know that trade when I was had the which is gonna go to 75 first, the PayPal or the square. I picked up in the 60s and then we ended up going to $80, ended up going on square. Now you're back down here again. Is this, Ugh. you know, I don't think this is necessarily, I'll, I'll say one thing. I don't think this is necessarily bad news. So that Dorsey, because Dorsey is the one that started this, you know, he's going to come in and maybe run the show for a little bit here. So I'm actually surprised that they're hammering it on this. It wouldn't surprise me, but the technicals are so bad on this. This $50 absolutely needs to hold. Critical support level. We'll say critical. All right, Joel, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest time here, bringing down the charts. Let's kick it off here. You guys ready? Let's go. Hit the like button. Right, Tim Seymour here at CNBC's Fast Money, CIO of Seymour Asset Management, ready to get into what? Can we talk a little bit about cannabis? Yes. I think we have to, Mitch. Um, we but, have to. We have to. How are we doing today, Tim? I'm, I'm great. Sorry. I'm, you know, it's always a, a challenge getting the kids off to school and getting to the office in time, uh, certainly for uh, the, the prep show. But, I, you know, it's UN week in New York City, by the way, and and like I, you know, you guys don't have to deal with this, but anybody that lives in New York City knows this is the week to leave town. Um, I mean, <laughs> and at the risk of, of offending a lot of really important people, I'm not really sure what the UN does anymore. I'm not sure what the UN really what the purpose is, other than to soak up the five, uh, you know, brave New York City policemen that are on the streets um, doing their job, brings them all over to one side of town. I see, and there's only feels like there's five right now in New York City, by the way. Um, well, I, I can I can tell just from your reaction, they definitely bring the traffic. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so let's get bring, to the action. Get, you're right. Let's get going. Um, let's, so, let's, so Benzinga, first of all, let's be clear, uh, and it needs to be clear to the audience out there. Next week out in Chicago. Benzing is having their their uh, uh, their cannabis event. Uh, I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be moderating a panel. I'm going to be seeing you know anyone that's important in the industry. And and while this may sound like a sales, um, no one told me or paid me to say this. I mean, it's truly the best event in cannabis. It's it's uh, it's an event that I think strikes the balance between there are real investors there. Let's be clear, cannabis needs more institutional investors. 
but the folks that are investing are there. Um, the companies that are there bringing their CEOs in the C-suite and, and you know, stuff gets done. But what mostly gets done is I think there's a conversation there that's always pretty uh, accessible and, and uh, I think the format works. So uh, I'm excited and let's be clear, this is the first cannabis event post COVID that, that really, uh, you know, there have been other events, but the world that's reopened, including you know, the UN in New York City, um, you know, it, this is the first real event. Obviously, there's yeah. been a lot of news in cannabis over the last three weeks, so we can talk about that quickly. Um, but there, there is, a, of course, fresh excitement going into this event that that the legislative path and that the, the administrative path for cannabis at least looks like there are some catalysts here. Um, hold on one second. I think it might be the UN Secretary General telling me. Oh, you in trouble. See what happened. You got you, you talked too uh, loud, Tim. Shot yeah. You got to. You, yeah. you can't be saying yeah. this stuff on the show. Yeah, you know how it comes. Let's talk about it. So, what are the thoughts, of course, on the recent FDA recommendation to reschedule cannabis here, and why is this significant for the industry, Tim? Uh, clearly, the 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 tax dynamics for the industry, Section 280E, which is a, a U.S. IRS and Treasury guideline for for uh, anyone that's a schedule one drug out there and that includes you know lsd heroin fentanyl anything that's the obvious stuff and where cannabis doesn't belong um is taxed at a prohibitive rate a punitive rate a rate that basically makes uh by definition the business is unpopular if if, if the recommendation of the fda to the dea through the hhs health and human services is something that that's that's followed through on um then it, it, it a Schedule three drug has a lot of implications, but certainly from a balance sheet and a free cash flow perspective, it changes the industry overnight. Now, you know, the skeptics will say, I don't know what the timeline is for that. Um, DEA has a 90 day requirement to come back on this recommendation. Um, and then it, it's still very possible this could have to go into an administrative, a legislative branch to get uh, the kind of votes that it needs, especially considering how significant it is. Right now, um, this does feel like it all sits within the Biden administration's bailiwick if they want. And and uh, because at least this is consistent with a schedule that, that the Biden administration put out there last summer, last fall, uh, when they got out there and they talked about decriminalization, they talked about pardoning nonviolent offenses in cannabis. They said, we're going to send the FDA in to do some work and, and, and investigate and, and really come back and do a study on the science of it. That's what's happened. And, and look, at, for all the, the, the frustration around the FDA, even in CBD and, and in other industries as well, it's a process. It's still it is the authoritative body on the you know, on the pharma industry. So let's just say so the pathway to pharma and, and so the credibility that would come and that's already come from that, I think, has a reverberation effect. We still don't know who's going to regulate cannabis. We still don't know what the timeline is going to be. Um, it's very possible, as it needs to probably eventually be. You have four or five regulatory agencies that are in the middle of this trade, and it's going to be really complicated. But um, this is but this is great news. Uh, in parallel, of, of course, the conversation about safe banking pops up. Uh, in parallel, of course, you have the conversation about uh, where there are uh, you know other things that are potentially going to then get institutional investors. On some level, that's all we really talk about today. I mean, you guys talk every morning about both fundamentals, technicals, um, but really markets are the most important dynamic. We all listen to the market and, and the market is is really the most important dynamic here. Uh, the market in cannabis has moved anywhere from 50 to 120 percent, depending on the stock you're looking at, a couple of them more. But, but what's also interesting, and as it always is with technicals, the markets basically rallied all the way back to where they were at the beginning of this news flow last summer that included the Biden administration and, and decriminalization and rescheduling. Um, so in other words, we're kind of right back to where we were, we're, we're, you know, we got up, you know, 
somewhere near within some level of also where we were in the first week of December when the DEA news came out about that they were ready to sign off on safe. Um, and that was a mirage. So price action, very interesting. Uh, I'd say net net, no new money, a lot of short covering. Uh, the pipes haven't been cleared. The plumbing and cannabis is still a major problem. Institutions still can't own it. Um, so yeah. The, the reason for being and the ethos and and the, you know, the big picture of the addressable market in cannabis is 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 much healthier today um, than it was even a year ago. And that's without this news. Um, one Perfect. more thing I'll just say about the news around rescheduling um, is is that I I think you know if you were to do this, if you were to make cannabis companies more profitable, you would you would make it a lot more difficult. And I think the number one opponent of cannabis right now, and it's the illicit market, the illicit market that's because because there's no question about the growth and the demand of, of the product, whether it's for you or not, um, it is for many people. Um, yeah. And and the illicit market is probably the biggest challenge. It certainly is in New York. Um, yeah, and, we've, we've yeah, also we've seen also that, seen that. Tim, I'm sure yeah. we've seen that also yeah. with California, right? Uh, that's been, totally. you know, recreational for so long now. And I think that you clearly see the examples of the illicit market and how that plays in. Now, one of my biggest things in focus has always been when will these OTC stocks move to the market, right? What do you think needs to happen for cannabis companies to list on major U.S. exchanges? And could we see this in the near future, Tim? I think, I think we can. One of the, the, the news points that people are well aware of is when, when uh, Terrasend, which is, again, a, an operator in the U.S., went to list on, on the Toronto. And the Toronto basically said, we've done our work on this and we're good. This, we're talking about one of you know, TSX is, is one of the top three exchanges in the world. Um, or at least, you know, it's in the top five and it's not about ranking them. It's to say that this is this is in terms of the compliance uh, hurdle and the credibility and the, the transparency required. And, you know, it's as high of a bar as anywhere. TSX says it's OK. Terrasend, um, you know, you can be sure when re when when exchanges in the U.S. are ready to do this. The folks that are listed on the TSX are going to be the first ones that, that then uh, I think are going to be listed on the New York. I think exchanges are a lot closer. I think there's a lot of gray area here. Uh, on some level, exchanges don't need to get out there and 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 commit to the cannabis industry. Although we've already seen a lot of inconsistency with Nasdaq listings and and NYSE listings, not singling either exchange out. But you know, frankly, it's it's difficult to draw uh, linearity straight through the issues and say we're good or we're bad. And 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 we've seen listings of companies that do touch the plant. So. Um, I, I think this is very important, as you're right, and this is going to be significant. The, the fact that we've moved in reverse on the custodial dynamics and prime brokerage and, and the ability to custodize these stocks is, is shocking and staggering. Um, but I think it comes down to the dollars. Ultimately, is it risk reward? And for a lot of these guys, like, yeah, for, for the nine accounts that I have that, that I'm custodizing cannabis stocks, they're rabid about this and they're really big. And the largest one has, has $50 million with me. I mean, it's not two, three, five, ten billion dollars of custody. So uh, I think the numbers will change. It's it's a bit ironic that as one of the last brokers uh, kind of pulled out of research coverage of the industry, the news comes out and it rallies 120 um, percent. And that's kind of how this goes. We know this from markets, guys. Tim, let's take it out of cannabis here. And we want to get your market thoughts here, too, because it's such an interesting stock market that we're in. You've got some sectors that are starting to get hit, like airlines have come down substantially. Retail isn't doing great. Tech is holding up okay. We had a pretty significant rally from the tech stocks. The AI story maybe still holding us up, although we lost NVIDIA the other day. What are your thoughts here on you know the last quarter? Obviously, we're going to start approaching that. We're kind of in a little bit of a lull. We'll get the Fed speak this week. Uh, what are your thoughts here, just overall market? Yeah, so big big week for, for at least policy. You've got Fed, you've got 
BOJ, sorry, BOE um, and, and BOJ. And, and, and nothing they're going to tell you is going to change the world. Um, what we are seeing is, you know, this morning, again, you've got that 10-year challenging uh, 440, which is the top end of this range. Everybody knows these are 15-year highs, 16-year highs. Um, we know the correlation that equity markets have had for the last three weeks to the long end. Um, and I think, you know, for anyone that said the market's not paying attention to interest rates, the market's paying attention to interest rates. And, and I think if, if anything now, um, I, you know, to, to, to call the death of, of mega cap tech is crazy. Um, I, I will get out there and say that I think 26, 27, 28% S&P weighting of, of those top four or five or seven or eight stocks is we've seen their best days, but they, they are defensive in a higher rate environment. You know, uh, different people have done this, uh, this, this map, but, but uh, the journal had a really good article at the weekend where they highlighted Microsoft and they said, look, Microsoft is actually in a higher rate environment where they've locked in long term rates at 2% and they're collecting five and a half on cash is actually making money in this environment. They're buying back stocks. These companies become more creative. Apple's a machine. Um, and as much as you know, you and I you know, wonder where the next purchase of a $1,500 phone is going to come from, and it's not going to be China, um, you know. I think there's limits to how bad it gets for mega cap tech in the next couple of quarters, unless the market really um, has some kind of a, of a tail event. So um, interest rates are really important. You brought up the consumer. We, we continue to see the cracks emerge here and there. Um, there's different anecdotal pieces that all lead up to the consumers under pressure. This is, you know, this, you know MasterCard had, had holiday spending previews out uh, you know, today, last night for, for, for where we're going to be. And they say up 3%. Um, it doesn't really talk about, uh, the implications of inflation. When we listened to Macy's and Nordstrom's uh, three or four weeks ago in earnings, uh, they were the, really the first ones to talk about delinquencies popping up. We all know about student loans. We all know about auto loans. We all know about uh, household debt servicing as a percentage of income. Uh, hasn't been this high uh, in, in 15, maybe even 20 years uh, that the savings from COVID has worn down. I, I actually agree with all of this stuff and the divergencies that the market have given us has been confounding. Um, is, is people who watch CNBC, uh, at least watch Fast Money, you know, like I, I take the market that I have though. Um, and frankly, I, you know, I'm not, I, I am not, I am not a screaming bear. Um, I, I am someone that believes there are challenges here. Um, I actually think that we're going to have a sloppy couple of weeks. We have to figure out where interest rates go. Nobody knows the technical side of where the long end is going to go when the BOJ mm -hmm. has to formalize and when the Fed has to, has to refund so much debt out there. So I, I, I just say, um, Probably because everybody expected September to be nasty. It's probably going to not be that bad. Um, I do think the last two months of the year um, are always the two best months of the year. And, and I do think interest rates still haven't worked themselves out. So I'm a little concerned about, about that. But um, uh, the consumer is slowly going to show their hand. And the consumer, look, uh, you know, I am just, I'm so sick of paying $4.50 for this Starbucks. Costco, you huh. got to get the Costco copy. Tim, I just got one quick question for you here. Uh, the economic impact of this strike. I mean, it, you know, the autos have just haven't performed. The street's been ahead of this trade here. Um, you know, you're looking at the percentage of workers and you're saying, well, it's not huge, but just what about the overall? I mean, the, you know, the recession, non-recession talk. I mean, this is what's the overall impact of uh, the longer the strike goes of uh, sending our, our country a little closer to a recession? Well, this, you know, you know it, it, we always talk about the, the unforeseen trigger, right? And, and yeah. uh, nobody talked about the auto stack as the unforeseen structure for the economy, right? Like, you know, we always do this for markets. So I didn't expect this was going to do live, but, you know, maybe, 
maybe um, it's with great irony that that uh, you know the Biden administration has you know basically a, a manufacturing agenda in the U.S. Um, and it really kind of runs against. Uh, I mean, maybe you're strengthening you know union, and obviously it makes sense for him politically to be supporting this, but. Um, really, the strike doesn't serve America's manufacturing agenda very well. And to be to be clear, this is why a lot of manufacturers have left the United States, um, the cost of labor and the complications of it. So um, I, it, it, I, I think the strike is, um, I think it's a negotiation like anything. And I think uh, depending on how pigheaded each side is going to be, um, I think there's a practical reality to the autos. Um, and it comes at a time when they have a bigger strike fund than the than they than the workers do. I mean, GM, you know, two billion dollars a year, you know, like GM's never been more profitable. Um, now, and it's not in the stock price. I'm long GM. It's been one of the worst investments I've had over the last few years. Um, but I, I I do think that the auto companies have to hold them, and I think they're going to hold some ground. I think they it makes every sense for them to compromise on the headline and to be you know. Uh, to, to acquiesce to their workers, there's a lot of politics there too. Um, I don't think this strike is well, a game changer for the economy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where where do you see the strike? Is this just the 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 second inning here? If we had to put it to like baseball, or or we could we could put it in even hockey. Are we in the first period here? Or are we in yeah, the I mean, we're not. This is not a shootout. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I think it, it's it's we've already played uh, two and a half periods of hockey, and and the game's heating up. So okay. um, I think I think we're I think we're in the home stretch here. I um, I, I think I, I think the union uh, with all the bravado um, has more to lose here. That's you know, maybe may not be popular. I know where you guys are coming to me from, um, and I'm certainly <laughs> in support of what people have to do. Um, you know, everyone needs to make a living. One of the great things that came out of COVID um, was uh, Walmart going to 17, 18 bucks. Uh, an hour for minimum wage. I mean, look, if you can't make money and live and, and support a family uh, in the middle class in this country, we're all dead. Um, and so that's really where this balance needs to come. And, and by the way, you know, Walmart's now seemingly lowering minimum wage again, back to the consumer. I mean, I, I think others will follow. Uh, and I don't think this is great. Tim Seymour, always great to talk to you, covering all different aspects today from cannabis to the UAW conversation. Always good to have you, Tim. We'll have you back on, and we'll see how this year uh, hockey goes this year. We'll see. I know you and Dennis let's, will be going at it. Yeah, let's, uh, and, and Dennis and Joe, this is, this is always amazing. Love this forum. Let's let's do a proper hockey preview. Um, I think so. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you up for that, Tim. I'm going to hit you up for that. Rangers Oilers final. Let's do it. Have a good one, Tim. Take care. Dude. All right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up here, Dennis. Uh, any just last comments wrap for up, the market? Oh, you want to do news. the De Disney? Like, let's do the yeah, Disney breaking news, news on Disney. Um, stock is trying to bounce up. here. So uh, just a, a filing coming from Disney. They announced uh, that they're increasing their investment in Disney parks, experience, and products mm -hmm. segment. They're allocating $60 billion over the next 10 years to Ooh. expand and enhance their parks and cruise line capacity. So they're putting their money into what works for them. The parks is what has worked for them for a long time. They're putting more money into that. I think the initial hit on the stock is likely because some people, you know, Iger had talked about, you know, a potential dividend reinstatement. And now you just announced that you are giving $60 billion over the next 10 years into increasing investment into the parks. 
And that probably means you're not thinking about reinstating this dividend at the end of the year here. So I think the initial hit likely yeah. is because people are disappointed they didn't reinstate the dividend. With that being said, at least they're investing what they know what works. Um, I'm torn on this headline. Again, I think the initial hit is because they're putting $60 billion out, which $60 billion they don't have. They already have a lot of debt. So they definitely probably are not going to be giving you that dividend anytime soon. Um, so I think that's why it's getting hit. I think that's why the algos are hitting it. The question is, does it bounce off this or not? Very important day for Disney. Does Wall Street applaud this move? Or are they too disappointed that they're probably not getting a dividend anytime soon? Yeah, I think this is a negative to me because the biggest thing is I want to see them spend more on their streaming service. And they kept, uh, Iger said that he wasn't. He was going to cut spending on there. Now they're going more to the parks. The parks is what we're seeing. We're seeing the consumer slow down right now. Yeah. Might not be the best investment to invest in something where you're seeing a slowdown. Well, over right? the next 10 years, though. So they're not saying this year. So it's a okay. slow plan over the next 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. There's going to be cycles. There's going to be multiple business cycles over the next 10 years, you would think. Yeah. I, I don't mind them investing into the parks. The, the biggest issue is I think everybody wanted to. They wanted to hear something like dividend reinstatement. You just threw $60 billion you're investing back in the company. There's only so much money, man. That's telling me there isn't much money for a dividend, and that's why the stock's going down. All right, last uh, wrap-up here from Dennis Dick. What do you got for me on the market today? Uh, chop. So we were up this morning. We're not holding rallies well. We have a lot of damage under the hood here, which we talked about. NVIDIA, nice bounce mm -hmm. yesterday. That helped. Can it hold the bounce? That's the question. Um, you've got tech definitely leading the charge to the downside here today. Square down the most. Um, we'll see what happens if they apply the Dorsey move. It they're not doing it early though. But then you've just got a number of stocks: Microsoft red, Google red, Amazon red. They've all went red. Tech has went red. Tech's not having a great morning here now. It was doing well when we started the show and just slowly leaked throughout the show. Yeah. And now the selling has accelerated here. I'm still of the opinion the tougher times are ahead. I'm keeping, you know, getting my five and a half percent in cash right now. I'm pretty happy to do that. I do have some stocks and the stocks that I bought haven't done very well. I did buy some Unity recently. That's been a disaster. That was a little bit of company effects because they put the subscriber or this new fee on to all their customers and the market's not liking that at all. So, you know, that's why Unity has been coming down. But there's still just a number of stocks. It seems like when you're buying stocks, Right now, it's just not as simple as it was, you know, even at the beginning of this year, where it seemed like when you're buying anything in May and April, you know, a few weeks later, you were happy you bought it. It's kind of the opposite right now. I kind of feel like bears are still in control, but sideways for the win. All right. Like always, uh, you guys can keep up with everything Benzinga does. And you guys heard Tim just mention it just a second ago. Check out the Cannabis Capital Conference going down in Chicago just in a couple of days. So stay tuned, guys. Hit that link. Check it out. And like always, Dennis, we'll bring you back. It's always good to have you, my friend. Go do what you do best, man. Go get to your trying, trading action. We're trying. Get after it, man. All right. Now to get you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. And you guys can find out how I do in ARM. I am down right now uh, from 56.95. Let's find out what happens. How do you find out? Just come over to live trading. Could take a loss. Could see tech bounce back. Of course, you guys can find out by just checking out the action on live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere.